0: Hi, everyone. Today's guest on Fashion for All, the Smart Glamour podcast is Erin Maya. Erin falls under the maker category of types of guests we'll be chatting with on the podcast. I'll let her introduce herself properly. We chat about her activism, which she calls artivism, the things she makes, why she makes them, what constitutes a real job, how sound can be healing, and much more. Enjoy our conversation. Hi there. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. (laughs) Do you please introduce yourself. Absolutely. So my name is Erin Maya. Um, My full government name is not important right now, but (laughs) Erin is my first name and Maya is my middle name. And so that is how I go as an artist in and around Mm -hmm. these parts. Wonderful. And so you say that you
0: are an artist. What are all the things that you do that encompass that?
1: Yes. Thank you for asking. So I am a singer, songwriter and sound healing practitioner. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm also a designer of jewelry and accessories, including knit and crochet pieces. Um, which I'm really excited to tell you a little bit more about that later because I have a new obsession this season, mm-hmm. which is not even that big of a deal, <laughs> but but I'm excited about it. Um, and I also like to call myself an artivist because uh-huh. I use my art as activism. And mm. so, um, yeah, I think that that's most of the things that I am. I guess when I say sound healing practitioner, uh, that just means that I use sound as a tool to heal in a number of modalities. We'll get more Hmm. into that later.
0: Okay. Well, before we go into that, so you mentioned that you use your your art as activism and that's why you call yourself an artist. Do you also call yourself an activist as well?
1: So actually I said artivist, right? So I've put the words together. It's one of my favorite new terms. I'm sure I heard it from someone or saw it on a meme (laughs) <laughs> and and it was like, that sounds awesome. And that's exactly what this is, right? So it's activism plus art is Artivism. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Yeah. So so to you that I'm I'm guessing, and please correct me, that means exactly what you said, right? Using your art as a form of activism. Does it mean anything else?
1: That's mainly I mean, you know, it's funny because actually, um, a good friend of mine is a dancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, like we, we went to kindergarten (laughs) together and, um, he is a dancer and a choreographer and a director of his own dance company called um, Renegade Great Performance Group. Mm-hmm. And he put up a video last week of him dancing to one of my songs in an effort to inspire and encourage people to make sure that they filled out their census this year. Mm. Right. So, you know, that's been a big push. A lot of people have been working hard to make sure that communities are represented, to make sure that policies are in place so that the world is a better place as opposed to a worse place, which we're all working on right now, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, so one of the questions in the Q and a afterwards was, do you consider yourself an activist? And he explicitly said he doesn't. And he has a lot of respect for people who do consider themselves activists, but he doesn't feel like he is in his own kind of world an activist, though he does, you know, try to use his art to push agendas forward. And, you know, as a, as a voice. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, I think that I kind of feel the same way. I don't know that I would say, I'm definitely not, you know, I'm not at every single protest. I am Mm -hmm. not at every single rally. Um, I don't necessarily even have a strong desire to be at every single rally, right? I definitely want to be present in a way and use my voice in a way that helps things move forward and transition into better versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think the most activist way that I can show up is through my art and so is through making music that can be partnered with dance that's used for the senses or being in the resistance revival chorus which is a group of women that sing together and you know and do show up at some rallies and protests using our voices collectively in song to raise the joy factor in the midst of the work that we're doing to make the world a better place.
0: You know, so it's not like
1: I'm going out and I'm like, I'm going to march. And granted, like, that definitely happens. Sometimes I Mm -hmm. just march. Um, But I like showing up in my fullest, truest fashion. And Mm -hmm. that is really through song and using my voice musically.
0: I like so many things that you just said, Um, especially this conversation about, like, are you an activist or are you not? I mean, I don't know who necessarily like owns that word and gets to say if it's one or not you know um and I think that's always a slightly dangerous territory but um I think about how often people um maybe want to do something but they're not sure what to do and like sometimes Folks will, you know, only be posting on on the internet because that seems easy, mm-hmm. and then you know, questions come up of like, okay, well, what else are you doing? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to just remember that, like, you can infuse like goodness and change and moving things forward through whatever you do, exactly. and like that—that's what has to happen because everyone is different, right? And we all live our own lives and we all are good at different things and we're all passionate about different things so if you are using the things that are innate to you Mm -hmm. and and then um infusing them with um forward movement change and and education and information and accessibility all those things then like that that's that's what needs to happen right we need we need a full circle exactly
1: (laughs) And, and so it's funny because right like the way that you and i connected Mm-hmm. Is because of the activism that you do, and mm-hmm. so, or the artivism that you do mm-hmm. through your company, Smart Glamour. I'm like, oh, this is amazing! Like making fashion accessible for all bodies and all body types, and making mm-hmm. everyone feel beautiful, and you know, just being very inclusive in that. It's, it's. Um, I, I was part of a fashion show. Um, we should pause to say that, even though you can't see me, I am not the typical fashion show body, guys. Mm. Um, But in 2000, goodness, what year was it? In 2013, um, Rick Owens did a fashion show in Paris for his Mm. spring-summer 2014 line. Mm -hmm. And I was part of that show in Paris as part of the step team, right? So there was this huge step team. And I was one of the 40 women in that show. Um, And it was this beginning... Right. It was this earthquake moment because it was shaking up the industry. It was like, what? There are these women on this, you know, on this runway that are absolutely not the standard. They are plus size. They are um, not the typical, quote unquote, beauty. Right, mm-hmm. Like the America's Next Top Model beauties, um, <laughs> their hair is doing all kinds of stuff, and, and, but they're wearing the clothes. And so who's to say that they're not models? Who's to say that this is not fashion? Mm-hmm. And so the idea that we can be inclusive of everyone as opposed to everything has to be so exclusive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's like, that's, I think, what people are really rallying against in large part. And so I love your artivism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of why I was attracted to collaborating with you in the way that we did.
0: Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of my main um, messages and and uh, focuses in, in life and in work. It's just I've always been interested in clothes and, and therefore, I guess, suppose you can call that fashion. But I just vehemently hate how exclusionary it is and i've never understood why it needed to be and so right you know.
1: <laughs> i mean at the end of the day everybody has to wear clothes right like we oh, all yeah. have to wear clothes so why should <laughs> why should anybody at any point feel some kind of way about them wearing clothes and how they look in them like it just doesn't truly. make any sense
0: truly as you brought up, we know each other because you vended your wonderful jewelry and accessories at two of my Smart glimmer shows, which um, sadly I'm not having one, which would have been like right now as we're I recording know. this in September um, oh, no. due to COVID. But uh, the past two that I've done, I decided to bring in fellow uh, people who either hand make things or ethically make things um, to just, you know, extend community. And and also just make the event more than just a runway show. Mm-hmm. Um, and did I find you through the Facebook group?
1: Yes. Yes, Our, okay. Art Girl Army, I think.
0: Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. I've posted in a few different places, and then I was also looking for people just um through Instagram tags and whatnot. I couldn't remember. It's hard to remember who I who I <laughs> who I found where. Um, but your work is so beautiful, and Thank you. um. I really enjoy the way that you post about it and talk about it. I feel like it's a lot about process for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you quickly mentioned like what you, that you're excited about some new stuff now. So could you maybe explain a little bit about like specifically the kinds of things
1: that you make? Sure. Um, also, I just want I want you to be, very clear that you inspire me, and so I just want to be clear on that. Say it oh. out loud, because you know how you think things in your head, but then you don't <laughs> say them out loud, and then you're like, "Oh, they know." And it's like, no, they don't know until you tell them. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, and so, and I'm um, actually so funny. Um, there was an another artist at the last show. Um, and that's so crazy. I'm forgetting her actual first name, but her company is Curex Tribe. Oh, yes, Anna. Anna. And I'm mm-hmm. wearing a necklace that I bought from her after that because I'm in love with her work. Oh, yes. Uh, but so um, the work that I do is I, huh, I make a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. I work with some items that are upcycled or recycled. Um, like years ago, I was doing a lot of work. With bottle caps, there's an artist who's from Ghana. His name is Ellen Natsui. And I saw his work first when I was traveling years ago in Paris at Centre Pompidou. Mm. So it's this huge museum. It's basically like um, MoMA, but, mm. but bigger and wider and vaster. And this artist, Ellen Natsui, works with all of these recyclable and upcycled, just I mean, imagine seeing all of the cans of anything that you've ever eaten, be, like made into a tapestry, wow, hanging from 20 feet up and wow. literally just cascading down the wall or onto the floor, like the, the most, and really one of the most beautiful tapestries you've ever seen. And then you're like, wait, I'm sorry, is that a can that's been <laughs> cut and stretched? Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. You're welcome. And so that shifted so much for me. And so I, um, and I mean, let me stop there. It shifted some things. It inspired me immensely, but it Mm -hmm. also more than that, it just stayed with me. Mm -hmm. Just the image of it and the the presence of it. Um, Mm -hmm. it was, I mean, I've seen tapestries. Okay. Like I've been to museums, but this piece was just, it was shimmery. And multicolored and multi-textured. It was just, it was magical. And I'd never seen anything like it before or encountered anything like it before. And so, you know, fast forward maybe a year or two and I'm babysitting and I'm also working in a nonprofit. And for whatever reason, I'm like, hey, bartender at the nonprofit event that I just put on, can I have those Brooklyn brewery bottle caps? I don't know why. I just think I want them. And then mm-hmm. fast forward to the day that I'm babysitting, and me and the little girl who's like six years old, maybe, we're like, "What should we do today?" I'm like, "Let's hammer some bottle caps, maybe." And I make her a necklace, and I make me a necklace.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: I'm like, "Wait, this hammering thing is the business, you know?" So I spend some time working with bottle caps and kind of reconstructing them into different shapes and um, versions of themselves to make jewelry. Mm. And I still make some jewelry with bottle caps. Um, mainly hoops, but I, I work with bottle caps. I've worked with cork. I actually want to do some more exploration now with cork with an idea that I've had for a long time, but that's more experimental and down the road. Um, but right mm-hmm. now what I mainly work with is kind of industrial materials. So I work with a lot of brass, um, mm-hmm. or I should say natural materials, right? So I worked a lot of brass. I work with sterling silver to make some other pieces that are not the bottle cap or other upcycled um textures or goods but is geometric shapes like mm. geometry was my favorite subject in high mm. school right and so i i mean i love not arguments but i love the process of proving to you like oh you want to know what this angle is and why let me tell mm. you like let me mm-hmm. get this proof together for you and so i loved geometry because it made so much sense to me mm-hmm. and um also, I should mention that I'm a Virgo. And so there are like pieces and parcels of perfectionism in me. However, I'm working on that because I did hear a quote somewhere close to the beginning of quarantine, which was done is better than perfect. And I'm like, mm. OK, word. OK, hello, a whole word. And so I'm working on that in myself. And so I make a lot of jewelry that is I make a lot of triangles. I love triangles. I love that triangles can be so many different things. Like there are right triangles, and there are um, isosceles triangles, and then there, you know, all of the tr- equilibrium tri- right. So there's so many mm-hmm. different types of triangles. Um, I tend to do mainly something that is either an obtuse triangle or an equilibrium kind of triangle. You know, equilateral. See, mm-hmm. I'm saying it. Wrong. But, yeah. But <laughs> um, but you know, I I like the imperfect perfection of them. I love mm-hmm. shaping these shapes and also just other worldly shapes. You know, they're not necessarily a square. I have an earring called the wrong tangle because there's no way unless I'm actually going to be as perfect as I could be. That might take me a lot longer or whatever or a process that I'm not really interested in um, mm-hmm. to make a perfect rectangle. But I can make a wrong tangle right? Oh my gosh. And so um, I like just kind of letting my hands create shapes and, you know, my hands and the tools that I use. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And there are several earrings that I have made and sold that may never exist again because I don't necessarily know how I made them or I made them and then I went to vend and then I sold them and I don't have any recollection of them. Well, (laughs) Um, but I like that. I like that kind of constant forward movement um uh-huh. the ever changingness, which is another reason I like triangles, because the delta in Greek uh whatever you call it, alphabet is change, mm-hmm. is a symbol mm-hmm. of change. And so um, you know, I like making one offs. I like I like that process in particular because as a shopper, BKA shopaholic. I don't necessarily want to see somebody else in the same thing I have on. Like, I'm not really here for that. Oh my God, we're saying we're wearing the same dress. (laughs) Like, no, I need to have this piece that maybe there were three of when whoever the designer made three of them like 40 years ago.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But the likelihood that I'm going to see the other person in this dress is low. So that's a great thing. (laughs) And so I want people to feel included and unique in their, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, In their self-expression. And mm-hmm. so while I do make um I do make words as well, right? So I work with brass and like I said, silver and sometimes I work with gold filled wire um to make different words. And so I've had people purchase them for their altars, but mainly I work with them and make them into rings mm-hmm. or necklaces, necklace charms, I should say, or earrings. And I, I I'm still trying to figure out, even though I have it in my head, but it's like working with a certain gauge of wire gives you a certain look and working with a certain different gauge of wire gives you a different look because the tools that you had to work with to manipulate it because it's just harder with a heavier gauge, etc. All uh-huh. of the thoughts in my head, but um, I love making those words and, you know, letting people kind of dictate their own realities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, there there's going to be several people with the word magic and right. there are going to be seven, several people with the word love um but you know i made my first pair of earrings that said afro latina last summer at dance africa festival and it was mm-hmm. a, i it was a moment i was like duh how come i didn't make that before but you know it was just awesome and i um i just i just recently started making um pronoun pieces oh, and you know i appreciate and and am honored to hear you say that you like the way that I kind of like showcase my work on Instagram. Cause I feel like I'm always like, what am I doing? How does this work? Like, <laughs> is anybody out there? Um, but I want to celebrate that and, um, to celebrate my work, but also celebrate the lives people, people are so boldly and, um, honestly living.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the thing about, um, that I enjoy specifically about your Instagram. I mean, I'm ta- I see your stories more than I see you in my feed, mm. um, than your static posts, but. And it might just be because I'm, I'm a fellow maker, right. That like, I just like to see people thinking through things and talking about mm, things yeah. and like asking other people questions and showing progress on things. Like, I, like that's, that's stuff that I do. Yes. So like, that's, that's what I, <laughs> I enjoy um watching that as well specifically um and especially when it's somebody doing things that i don't do you know right Um, same there's
1: this one account (laughs) there's this one account that i see on instagram that i'm like obsessed with and i mean obsessed when i see it right Mm-hmm. They make tiles and it's like they're painting the tiles. And I'm like, what is this process? This is amazing. Like I watched the whole four minutes of the video. And also their music is always so amazing. I'm like, okay, this is a whole experience. So please carry yeah. on making this tile that I I don't know how it even works. Um, <laughs> but so I, I forgot to mention, or I mentioned it earlier, but I forgot to mention that the thing that I'm excited about,
0: mm.
1: which I mean, you know, Please laugh if it's funny. But um, so for the last two years, I have slowed down significantly on knitting and crocheting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is a little sad in part because, like I said, I'm a shopaholic and I have, let's say, an excessive amount of yarn. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so like, um, I don't even, ha- I, honestly, for a lot of it, I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Because mm-hmm. some of it was like, "Oh, hey, my friend had this yarn, and I know you knit so here, you know, and that's I mean, praise God for the people who are just kind and always thinking of others, right? Because mm-hmm. the kindness of strangers and the kindness of friends who are like, "Oh, I don't do this, but you do. Here's this back, you know, um has definitely been one of the things that sustained me as an art maker, um, but I'm making hats this year. I'm very excited to have hats be th- my main focus this year. I still have like some arm mitts and other scarves that are of my own design, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. about like just using this yarn that I have stashed away <laughs> and making like a whole lot of hats for people because I'm like, well, everybody needs a scarf. Yeah, kind of. But I feel like everybody needs a hat. And also I have, as you know, I have a short haircut. Mm-hmm. And if I am to be sustaining this haircut and maintaining it and it looks good and it doesn't look like, oh, she needs a haircut, she hasn't gotten one in three months, then I need something to keep my head warm. Yes. And I've actually just been, just recently been um, talking to another friend who actually, I call her a master seamstress, but she refuses the title. Um, <laughs> and And I was talking to her about kind of finding someone who makes a certain design on silk. And she was like, oh, there's a company. You can totally get your own textiles designed. I was like, what? Yeah. So I'm excited about looking into doing that to line some of the hats with. Mm. Um, because I care about people's hair and the moisture that is retained in their hair and all that. So it's just exciting to want to work with the, you know, the textile that is yarn um, and the different ones, right? Like I love merino wool. It's amazing. Um, but I also like a good acrylic hat, like on, on a good day, I'm really just running out and I don't want to see any wear and tear from it. Like, let me get that acrylic, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always exciting to, um, well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say always. It's always exciting for me. It's exciting, I would assume for, for many artists to kind of like get obsessed with a new medium Mm -hmm. and start playing with it so I, I totally totally understand that and i also totally understand the shopaholic uh portion because i definitely own more fabric than <laughs>
1: <a> person <laughs> exactly like um yeah about that <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and circling back to uh talking about instagram i saw you posted something the other day that i'm not going to remember word for word what it said but i know it was referencing like the idea of Quote unquote, a real job.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yes. Do you remember this post? Mm I do. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I wanted to to chat with you a little bit about that because, um, and just that idea in general, like what, what's a real job and why don't people value making things and, and being an artist as a job? And
1: (laughs) yeah, wait, it's so, so I'll, I'll say that, um, it it was a response that I had that I didn't feel like I could directly respond to, to the thing mm-hmm, that I had seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a parent talking mm. in a group that I'm in about their child and how they're so excited about their child going to, having graduated and moving to L.A. Mm. to pursue their dream of being an actress. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying, oh, you know, everybody look out for my daughter if you're in L.A., And also she needs a real job. So if you have any leads on that. Uh, And I was like, hold on, hold on. I was like, did you just tell yourself or your daughter, congratulations on graduating and pursuing your dreams, but also like F your dreams? Because that's basically what you just told them. You told them F your dreams. And um, it's something that I I know I've grappled with for years. I, I mean, when I graduated from college, I, I thought I had a clear path. I knew, I knew exactly what I was doing. Can we just highlight the fact that when you graduate from college, hashtag when you're in college, you have no idea what you want to do. And honestly, <laughs> totally. you can have an idea of what you've seen uh huh, and what has interested you. Yep. And there are some people, I mean, obviously there are some people who have a very clear vision and stick to it, right? Mm-hmm. And perhaps if I had had the vision and believed in it or whatever of being a singer and only pursuing that since a young age. I mean, I've definitely been singing since a young age, but that doesn't mean I've been for real, for real singing, you know? Um, But ultimately it's like, I guess even going back to that, if as a child, we can have the dream of being a singer or a dancer, or a seamstress, or a designer, or a model, Mm -hmm. and at any point have someone come in, whether that's a parent, or guardian of any type, or even quite honestly, unfortunately, a peer, Mm
0: -hmm. come in and
1: say, "Uh, you're not pretty enough to be a model. You don't know how to sew. You need to get a real job because A, B, C, or D, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, Um, I think that often it depends on how someone is raised. I think it depends on the guardianship of that person, right? Like if your parents have not seen anyone, quote unquote, succeed as an artist, then that's going to color their perception of what an artist is and what that life leads to. And understandably, parents want their children to have the best life possible, or mm-hmm. have a better life or opportunity, set of opportunities than they had themselves, which is you know when it comes to the intention behind it, yes, of course, and also release the idea that you have any control over that, yeah, like you had a child, they came out of you, and now they do not belong to you anymore
0: right now they're a person now they <laughs> now
1: they actually exist in the world, and uh-huh. so um, I've grappled with the need. To have a real job as I mean, up until, honestly, this is, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to say a life struggle, but I literally just quit a job mm. because it was the most unhealthy situation that I've probably ever been in, in a job. Um, and I was talking to a good friend earlier today and she was saying she was proud of me and happy for me that I saw it for what it was and that I moved on as quickly as I did because mm-hmm. she was saying, you know, Erin, you're an artist and you're an entrepreneur. And so mm-hmm. being in a space where people do not manage time or communication well is not going to work for you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, exactly. Like, I cannot sit here and let you waste my time in the way that it is clear you want to waste my time. Like, I'm trying to tell you that there is a life that needs to be lived outside of this space and what you're trying to do is block Mm -hmm. me from everything that is actually and truly me. Mm -hmm. And that's just not functional, at least for me, right? Right. Um, And so, again, it's something that I go back and forth with. I mean, what is a real job? I suppose a real job is something that keeps you from doing what you actually want. (laughs) 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 And I mean, that's no judgment, right? Um, But I think that a lot of people might've been like me. I mean, I love my mother and she really does support me. And, um, and she believes in me sometimes when I don't not believe in myself, but I'm not doing things that look like believing in myself. Mm. Um, but when I was in high school being a, t- a shopaholic, okay. Cause this has been a lifelong thing. Um, when I was in high school, she said to me, you need to get a job that pays well because you have expensive tastes and you like to go shopping. And I had seen what was the movie? I had seen how Stella got her groove back. Mm-hmm. And and Angela Bassett. I mean, does she ever not serve it? Right? Like she's. I mean, okay. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like hello. So she was serving in that role, and she was, I think, a stockbroker or something. And so in high school, I was working in banks. I was getting jobs in, you know, this stock adjacent space and this money adjacent space because I knew I needed to make money. And so I thought I needed to be near the work that made it possible in people's lives or something. Wow. Um, It was something that. I was capable of doing and all of that, but did I have an actual interest? It was was more busy work than anything. Right. And even though I did meet some really great and cool people, it wasn't something that was necessarily interesting to me. And so when I got to college, Mm -hmm. a good friend of mine or someone who became a good friend sophomore year, I was in the school of business at Howard university. And Mm. um, she said, you know, it doesn't sound like you really like business. (laughs) And I was also (laughs) doing the work to qualify for a double major in English because I loved writing and I love literature. I love reading, all that. And so she was really inspiring in my decision to change my major, which I didn't do until my junior year. Mm. Um, But more than change my major, just to really focus on finding out what actually made me happy and to follow that path hmm and even though it's been a winding road happiness is the thing that I'm always striving for and I mean somebody might say happiness is fleeting and it's relative and I get that but I think that when you can find the things that truly um kind of like Marie Kondo says <laughs> like does this spark joy
0: uh-huh. like yes this
1: shirt does spark joy I will be keeping it but you know if if I'm working in, when I first came out of college, if I'm working at Random House and it sparks joy, yes, absolutely. I loved it. I met people who loved their jobs, who knew so much about books and about the small bookstores and about the independent booksellers and all that. And it made sense to me. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then after maybe a year and a half or so, I was like, oh, you guys actually just care about the money? Yeah, no, this is not going to work. I'm going to go ahead and go you know mm-hmm. and so it's just i'm on this constant pursuit this like life lifelong pursuit of really truly digging down deeper into really what it is that brings me joy and sparks that joy in my life and so i mean even When there's a group of people who I'm singing with and I'm like, yeah, this is not it. I'm going to (laughs) go, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm singing, but this is not the right atmosphere for it, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's just that constant reframing and the constant questioning um, Mm -hmm. and the constant change again, right? Like this ever present change. But being just being in tune enough to kind of ask the questions and get the actual answer that is true as opposed to the convenient answer because it's convenient in theory to make money consistently and have right. a income that's coming in every two weeks. However, if I can tell you one thing, <laughs> the one thing I will tell you with all of my heart is that I worked at Random House and then I left and I went to a nonprofit and then I went to travel for a while. And then I came back to the States and, um, And I started working at a wine shop. I decided I wanted to be an artist. I was like, F it. I'm going to be an artist. If I have to be poor, I'm going to make what I need to survive and everything else will fall into place. Mm -hmm. And I was working at a wine shop. And then I added on working at a nonprofit part-time. And then I added on babysitting. So I had three jobs. When I worked at Random House and when I worked at that nonprofit, I was always wary of how I was spending my money. I didn't know if I could afford this or that. I never took caps. It never Mm -hmm. happened. I was like, I can't afford a cab. I'm taking the train. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. The level, <laughs> the depths to which my income shifted in a downward fashion after I left the corporate world mm-hmm. was sizable. Yeah. But the freedom that I felt after I started making decisions or at the point that I make it, started making decisions on my own for myself and my income Allowed me the freedom of mind and and control to some degree, right? I was like, well, I know I'm going to make this much today at the wine shop, and I know I'm going to make this much this week from babysitting, and I know I'm, then I I can take a cab. Everything's fine, right? You know, I was probably doing more walking, but I was doing more existing and and living, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just think that, and and by no means. Am I saying that everyone should quit their day job and be an artist? I'm not saying that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I think that there's something to, if you have a, a really strong fire inside of you that you're holding back from in the name of safety and security, mm-hmm. then I don't know, let me introduce to you coronavirus that will sweep everything out from under your feet anyway. Like, <laughs> right. You know, truly. So. I just feel like, yes, there are some things that are steady in life. And I don't know that at least for my generation, I don't know that jobs are that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, okay, so 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 many things came up for me while you were talking. Um, I know I
1: talk so much. I'm so sorry.
0: No, it's it's great. It's great. So the first thing was that just even this conversation of like, the words real job and that you said you know like oh well, apparently a real job is something that keeps you from doing what you want to do um no shade very, everybody no shade which, no no anybody. no listen listen that's that's very funny and a very and a very accurate take but then I, I look at it on the other the flip side of the coin like because i i know why you say that and it's because people say people act like any job that you are doing that's like a a passion or a love or a joy Mm -hmm. is not a real job Mm -hmm. somehow. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is if you're doing it and you're making a living doing it, it's a job. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So, so, you know, people who want to put qualifiers on what's a real job and what's not a real job. I mean, I think that probably comes more from something within them Yes. and maybe some, some unhappy what they're doing or some, um, Yes, pressure they feel for what they're supposed to do because you know my household with my husband and i you know neither of us work quote unquote real jobs but let me tell you that we work and Mm -hmm. we're doing jobs Mm -hmm. so like so then therefore they're
1: real (laughs) and i think too that i think it has to do and 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 Also, right, like my perception of a quote unquote real job as something that keeps you from doing what you want to do is also Mm. my life experiences speaking. Right. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But I think that in that same breath, I would say that. A lot of what I believe about the idea of a real job as it's been communicated or used as a weapon against me in language Mm -hmm. um, is the quality of life. Mm hmm. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't have a strong desire and you know, some people probably would look at me sideways when they hear this, but I don't have a strong desire for somebody to tell me what to do all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have a lot of friends who are probably at, at higher levels in their companies or, um, you know higher positions, and so they don't have a lot of people telling them what to do necessarily, but I know they had to move through that yeah, um, but I also know people who work in t v and film who love what they do, and I think that even if there's somebody who's telling them what to do, they either like the person because they, and and that person likes what they do, so they're working together in a functional way or mm-hmm. Even if it's somebody who they don't like and they don't get along with, it doesn't matter to them because they love what they're doing so much. And I, I definitely believe that there are those spaces. Um, I, I I think that the entrepreneurial bug in me makes it much more functional for me mm-hmm. to create my own spaces that I can inhabit with the people I want to work with as opposed to the the quote that I see that I can't, quote, like literally right now, but Mm -hmm. the one that says, if you're not working on your dreams, someone will hire you to work on theirs. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so having so many ideas and always being full of the what ifs and, Ooh, this could be cool. You know, always wanting to activate that and not every single one. I mean, I have ideas literally that I've been sitting on for three to five years but that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm not about to pull them out like in two weeks, you know? So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you also, the other thing that came up for me when you were mentioning doing more existing, um, which I think is such an incredible turn of phrase that you used, but yeah it's and and just the your whole discussion about you know go working in corporate versus then leaving you know there's there's a tangent that i see running through a lot of these podcast chats i'm doing about and sometimes it's directly to a job quote unquote and sometimes it's not um but you know are you going to work within somebody else's system or are you going to build your own system mm-hmm. and it's definitely you know a, there's no quote-unquote correct answer in my opinion like Ditto. not everybody can do one or the other mm-hmm. and so if you have a quote-unquote real job or you're working within some system and you are doing your existing there exactly. then then keep on keeping on exactly you know but if you need to be outside the system or outside the job whatever the case may be in order to feel like you're existing then I mean please please
1: I think the (laughs) ultimate the ultimate truth to me is that joy thing or that bliss thing right like find your bliss Mm -hmm. whatever that is if Mm -hmm. your bliss is going into an office every single day at 8 a.m and working with other people on whatever you're working with and then leaving at four PM or five PM or whatever, that is awesome. Please continue to do that. Right. Because that brings you joy. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There have been jobs that I have seen and applied for and maybe didn't get or whatever that were things that I thought let even I feel like there was a company, I don't know if they made pillowcases or something. So, you know, it was like a, a Etsy Based business mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. needed someone to help them in their office, like fulfill orders or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, got truth is I love a brainless task. Give me a brainless task on any day of the week. Okay. Yes, I need to make sure the name is right and the address is right. I got that. That's my my brain processes that type of information very easily. Right. But um, but I knew it wasn't gonna take away from me. I knew that if I needed to jot something down on a post-it, I would be able to do that hmm. You know, and I think that ultimately it's the jobs that really suck your soul out of you. Correct. That I feel like are like, no, stay away. Just don't do it. But if you can, you know, if there's a job that works and you can be yourself and exist fully. Right. Either in that space or after you leave that space, then, hey, please hey. kick it. Party like we right. can all party together.
0: Right. And honestly, everybody, we like the majority of all these types of jobs we're talking about, like we need all of them. Exactly. So like <laughs> exactly. whichever of the ones you can do where you feel like you are also existing, whether that means you're at a job that's a little, you know, brainless tasky, but you do it and it's fine. And then you go do the things that you're passionate about. Or, exactly. you know, the office job is your passion or you can do any of those things and you take a totally different road. The fact of the matter is, those are all real options, and we need people to do all of them. Exactly. So stop pressuring people or yourself
1: to take a road that you... Exactly. Just because you feel like you're supposed to take Exactly, it. which actually takes me back to something that you said earlier, and to be completely honest, I'm not exactly sure exactly what it was that you said, but when uh-huh. we were talking about artivism or activism, uh-huh. Uh-huh. there was a... Um, there was a visual that I saw that I think I might have reposted on one of my Instagram pages, but it was basically a list of it was either a chart or a list. But it was a, of all of the different people that are needed in forward movement in societies. Right. you know, right. because we do need the rabble rousers. We do need the people who are up on the podium giving the speech. But then we also need the artists who are making the masks for the people who are going to be out there. And then we need the music makers to come and provide a moment of entertainment or Mm -hmm. upliftment. And then we also Mm -hmm. need the people who are doing the tech. Like, we need everyone. And we need the people at home who are retweeting it to make sure that the people who didn't know about it could get there, you know? So it's like everybody has a role. And I think it's the same in the world at large in any capacity. Yes. And it's just, it's seeing the role, acknowledging your place in the whole circle of life if you will and right. um and and honoring yourself and also receiving that same honor from the people around you mm. right because yes. i think that that's what kind of makes it all come full circle
0: oh that's that's a lovely point um i do want to touch on your the vocal work that you do so i know that you mentioned you know, singing as a part of a group and, and that's a part of your artivism. But then I, I personally know because I have (laughs) that, that do this with you, that you do all other kinds of vocal work as well. So can you talk a little bit about like what vocal healing means to you and, and how you do it?
1: Yes. Oh my God. Have you seen meditation moments? I'm so honored. Yeah. So, um, it's so funny. I mean, I'm work. I'm just, you know, I'm working on my life. <laughs> but um, so, meditation moments is a offering that I started during quarantine. And the question you asked is, "What is vocal healing?" But it's more sound healing for me, right? And okay. so, um, I am a singer songwriter, musician, sound maker, and sound healing practitioner. And about not quite 10 years ago, I participated in a couple of different activities, events, retreats, right? Like, so I did, um, there's a retreat that Bobby McFerrin and Voicestra does every year up at Omega Institute, which is in upstate New York. And I went to that in 2011 and in 2012. And, uh, the reason I went back in 2012 was because the experience in 2011 was so amazing and it just mm-hmm. kind of sparked something in me about the transformational power of music mm-hmm. um and so that was a thing that definitely sparked my interest in a way that made me want to learn more about sound and the way that it affects us and so I did go back like I said the next year but I also that same next year in 2012 I did a program that I learned about in 2011 um, at the New York Open Center for um, Sound and Music Healing Practitioner Training. It's a very long title, and I don't even know if I got it right. But um, (laughs) it was a 190-hour certification training in a lot of the different modalities that exist in sound healing. And um, so I did that program, and I learned a lot. And I always had like these ideas of activating this knowledge in me. And, you know, fear is a real thing. (laughs) Like, what? You want me to take this feeling I have inside of me and make it into something? Yeah, let me sit on that for about 10 years. Thanks a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get back to you. Um, But, you know, leave it to Corona to get you right. And so what happened is over the years I've continued to participate in workshops and and use the knowledge that I have in a number of different ways. There's a another vocalist who's a good friend of mine, Stephanie Rooker, and she has an organization that she started called Voice Journey Sound Center. And I actually just went up to her retreat last weekend um, mm. to kind of dig further into the practices that we share with our students, if we're doing voice training or anything in that realm. Um, and so I've continued to grow my work and understanding and knowledge in that way. But what happened at the beginning of coronavirus was that I was feeling completely unsteady and unclear just on like, what? I don't, I'm sorry, what happened? <laughs> it just was all swirling around in an un, ungrounded way for me. And so um, that paired with an idea that I would actually had back in October, November to create, Soundscapes um, with my voice using a looper um, or loop machine, I should say loop pedal. There are a lot of different words for it, but mm-hmm. um, using a loop machine because I always mm-hmm. love kind of vocal play and exploration. I love improvisation. I love following my intuition in sound. And so um, I wanted to create this thing called meditation moments. And that was, like I said, back in last fall. Maybe Mm -hmm. a month from now last fall, right? And I was like, I'm going to do it on YouTube. I'm going to have these videos that are like one minute long. And people are going to be able to like, if they're at their office and they're pissed because their boss just told them they had to stay an hour later, but they can't curse their boss out because that's inappropriate. So they're going to be able to go in the stairwell, go to the YouTube channel, turn on meditation moments and just breathe and zone out for a minute. Mm. Get their heads right go back to work, and proceed as gracefully as they want to, you know? And so that was what I wanted to do then. And um, one of the first few nights of us realizing that this was not a two-week hold, this was a wait until we tell you to not hold hold. (laughs) So, um, you know, I, I, I had this vision of it. You know, I was like, I'm going to be doing meditation moments outside with my headphones and I'm going to get some video. Blah, blah blah. And it was like coronavirus said, sit down, just sit down. And so my partner, um, who's also an artist, his name is Edson Sean. And he's amazing. And he's so supportive. He's amazing. I love it. But he said, well, why don't you just do it live on Instagram Live? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, because, too, it was never particularly my intention to have my face be central in it right like Mm. i was gonna get these um i don't know you know how you used to have those screensavers where it was just the image just like floating around yeah yeah i was like that seems perfect for meditation moments um but i started doing meditation moments live on instagram live and if i could have some shapes floating around i would but that's not how it works and (laughs) it was it's just a space for people to come and um feel grounded in sound, um, to feel, I don't necessarily want to say healed, though that is one of the intentions behind it, Um, Mm -hmm. but to really create space for people to come and feel safe and feel like even just for a moment, things make a little bit more sense. Um, And so that's... (laughs) You know, because it was fun. just a whole lot. I was like, "I'm sorry, you said to drink what to make it okay." I can't, I can't. Let me just <laughs> <laughs> let me just go on Instagram Live oh. and do this thing with my voice, and let's take some breaths together, and let's tone together, and you know, for me, and I, I think for other people, I think that we innately recognize the power of music because we go to our favorite song when we're feeling good or sad or lonely, you know, we, we go to music, but unfortunately we don't, Never mind, I'm not going to go that way. We go to music, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we honor music in the way that we should. And when I say Mm -hmm. music, I don't just mean songs, but I mean sound. Right. Right. Like when you're pouring water in your water bottle Mm -hmm. to get hydrated for the day, Mm -hmm. then you might or might not be, aware of the sound that the water is making falling onto itself, which is actually a really soothing sound, right? Yeah. It's like what people like listening to rain. Exactly. But -hmm. we're not necessarily tuning into that awareness. And so in meditation moments, I'm trying to create a space for us to dig in a little deeper to our awareness of the power of sound and to kind of find a comfortable space in it
0: Mm -hmm. for
1: us to collectively um, experience and share and relish in that sound as a tool for healing. Mm. Um, and it's become a really nice kind of community, um, at least for me. Right? <laughs> like I'm like, yeah, I know that name. Yay! I know you know. And I've gotten to know some people via social media, not in person because hashtag quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been it's been a really beautiful space. We've been going since March and. Um, I didn't get to do it today because traffic was not letting me be great, but <laughs> um, but we're going to pick it back up tomorrow. And I try to communicate as clearly as I can when it is and it's not going to happen. Um, but I also start, recently started doing, as of last month I did one and then I'm going to do another one very soon um, called Melanation Moments, which is specifically for black and brown people to come mm-hmm. into a Zoom and really do the same general thing that I'm doing in meditation moments, but have a space for ourselves. Um, mm. Because I think a lot of times we don't either know about spaces that center our healing um, or don't seek them out and also mm-hmm. might find ourselves in, you know, in the company of, of a mixed crowd that may or may not allow us to fully exist and fully um, experience the reality of that space or time or sound you know Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so that's yeah so that's what it is and I'm so happy to hear that you've listened in <laughs> that's the thing with Instagram with IG live or IGTV like if if you have seen it live then i am I've seen you in there right but if you've seen it But even if I've seen you in there, there's no record of who was actually present afterwards.
0: Yeah, right. And you can just kind of like
1: go in and go out. Exactly. And so like at the end, it says these two names and 17 other people came in. And I'm like, wait, who are the 17 other people? (laughs) And so unless those 17 other people or the 80 people after that who see it actually like the video, I have no Mm. idea who was actually there. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm so honored to have had you and and really anyone and everyone who comes into the space because I really feel grateful just for the like I said for the community but the shared energy even though we're not in the same space I still feel it
0: yeah so this has been um a lovely chat and a and a in a in a totally good way a differently um structured chat than than usual which is um wonderful so I feel like some of the questions that folks might be used to me asking towards the end, I'm not going to ask because I feel like that's uh, not what we're talking about here, which is <laughs> totally fine. Um, but I will end with a somewhat similar question to what I ask other people.
1: I don't mind being oh. part of the crowd. Like let's, let's do this.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that <laughs> then I couldn't ask you those questions. First of all, uh, I'm just trying to keep the, the podcast around a similar length between everybody but also i truly do just appreciate the the trajectory that the conversation has gone so i think it's it's uh not beneficial to try to force it into the box of the other conversations because that's not what this is so that's great um but so in closing i do want to ask a version of of the question that i ask many other people um which is usually do you have some kind of positive note or or um motivation for somebody who may be interested in what you do but they either you know are feeling held back from starting or they're feeling like they're not a part of it or something like that but i'm going to slightly tailor it according to this conversation that we just had okay um and say do you have something like a piece of advice when it comes to either making something physically with your hands or sound healing that for somebody who either, you know, doesn't consider themselves a maker or who's never participated in sound healing before. Like, what would you say to those folks who are listening to this and think, Hmm, this might be beneficial, but I have literally no
1: idea what to do or where to start or where to go. I mean, I have 17 answers. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. What I would say for makers, for sure, and also just as a general note, and it's funny because actually I'm teaching a crochet class on Tuesday afternoon, I think. I don't know. I'm going to have to post it again, but it's open to <laughs> all. So if anybody is interested in learning to crochet, then come in and I'm going to do my best. Um But I mean, so I think there are two things that I would say to people in general slash makers. One is just do your best. Mm. like. All you can be responsible for is your best. Mm -hmm. That's all. So just start with that intention and it's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Period. And the second thing is, and this is, I I learned this, and it's been one of my best lessons from knitting and crocheting. Never be afraid to start again. Hmm. It's like, oh, I'm going. I got these stitches together. My pearl is looking good. And it's like, oop, I missed a stitch. Mm -hmm. It's okay to take it off of the needles and literally just start again. Because the lesson is in doing it over and over again anyway. Mm -hmm. But also in knowing that we're going to be living and we're going to be making mistakes. Like we are still humans. And it's okay to go back. It's okay to start over. Um, and with regard to sound, I would say try humming. Mm. Humming is <laughs> well, let me start with just saying we all have a voice, mm-hmm. and whether you acknowledge it or not, your voice is your sound, is your power. And um, and is your spirit. Your your voice is who you are how we show up in the world and so um, humming can be a really beautiful way to honor the voice but also just to honor the self like it's a it's a a teacher who I um, learned from at the open center said that humming is like an inner massage oh wow and I'm like well who does not want an inner massage like can I sign (laughs) me up you know and so try humming and and it's literally just softly placing your lips together and allowing the sound to vibrate your whole body. And mm. it, I, what she says is humming can change your life. Wow, Pat Moffitt Cook, she's dope.
0: That's such an interesting tip and something I've literally never, ever, ever, ever thought of. That's mm. <laughs> so <laughs> wonderful, but it makes so much sense that. That by doing that, it, it it clearly does create a vibration and you can, you know, then use that as a tool yep. toward um, meditation or relaxation. Towards or, wellness
1: and health. Mm-hmm. She literally says, if you hum for five minutes a day, you will change your life.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Man, well, this has been truly a treat and a half. Um, you're such an interesting human being. Ah, um, thanks i'm so honored and, to be here
1: seriously like when when you first reached out i was like what me i'm so honored
0: oh man so many people have done have had that that kind of response like me and i'm just like i mean yes 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 everyone <laughs> <laughs> and i feel like uh that's kind of a common response too and even sometimes when i like will cast people yeah. for smart climber uh-huh, uh-huh go and try this thing cuz it sounds fun but i'm just expecting them definitely not, not going to get cast and then i cast them and they're like wait what, <laughs> what?
1: yes yeah I think everyone we just, everyone <laughs> we just have to expect more of the world you know <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so please tell people where they can you and follow you on the internet
1: absolutely so um i try to keep it pretty streamlined on most every single social media Platform there is. I am at Erin Maya, so that's A R I N as in Nancy, M is in Mother A Y A, Um, Mm -hmm. and on Instagram I have two accounts. That's Erin Maya and Erin Maya Made M A D E, and so that's where Mm -hmm. you'll find my handmade creations. Um, But on Twitter and on Facebook and on my main Instagram page, it's Erin Maya, and that's where I do the meditation moments. And then if you just want to see the things I make then Erin Maya mm-hmm. Maid is where you'll find me. And then there's also both com and ErinMaya.com. And you can kind of link to one through the other. But I'm still working on linking Erin Maya to Erin Maya Maid. somehow. I think it might be on the About page. But, you know, just trust Erin Maya and she'll lead you to Erin Maya Made. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's good. And I will hyperlink all those things in the show notes so people can just head there and click right through.
1: Awesome. Well, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you again so much for having me and thank you for the work that you do and for the spaces you create and for welcoming people like me into them.
0: I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Fashion for All. Please be sure to check our show notes for information and links to our guests and their work. Be sure to subscribe or follow us on your podcast platform of choice and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. For more Smart Glamour goodness, you can head to SmartGlamour.com and follow us on Facebook at backslash SmartGlamour and Instagram at Smart underscore Glamour. Thanks.